on episode 86 of the new 8 Days a Geek podcast, a Harry Potter mobile game, Tesla's new car, and arrows on the way out. Stay tuned. to another episode of the new eight days geek podcast i'm your host jesse miller and joining me as always the man who malkovich 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 john malkovich i mean sean scott yeah we did yet another we did talk <laughs> so what does the malkovich malkovich thing come from you've never oh man uh, it's a movie being john malkovich i mean i know the i know the movie yeah. obviously there's one scene where Everybody in like a restaurant setting is John Malkovich. Like everybody, the, yeah, the women, the babies, that. and that's all but they're it, saying. It, that all they say is yeah. okay. Yeah, I didn't they, remember that, that was all they said. Yeah, they uh, just say yeah, Malkovich. I scene. I remember the scene where everybody is Malkovich. You know, that's been that's been uh, you know reproduced <clears throat> in many uh, different formats. You know. Oh yeah, so, yeah, Malkovich, Malkovich. Gotcha. <laughs> We we didn't talk, so I had nothing to go off of. I just picked the first geeky movie I could think of. <clears throat> Happens more often than you think. All right, so get this out of my way. The blurbs, Sean, you are responsible for both of these, and of course you gotta you gotta start shit off. You know, um, I'm tr- I'm trying to get depressed. just everything. That's a, yeah, I'm trying to get everything that's a bummer out of the way. Uh, as as early as possible here. So uh, we got two two real bummers for you. Uh, the first one is uh, you know the passing of uh, passed away at the age of fifty two after um, just really never recovering from massive stroke that had yeah. occurred. So you know, obviously that's Luke, a that's a huge bummer. A guy was, for you know what was he the uh, original. The Vampire Slayer, you know, him and Creepy Swanson were in the original Buffy. Um, and then, of course, he was Beverly Hills 90210 and a ton of other things. Um, I believe I read that his last appearance will actually be in Quentin Tarantino's movie, um, the one that he's working on right now, something about Tales from Hollywood or something like that. So uh, so that'll be that's that's kind of cool. You know, Quentin Tarantino's a, a good a good director. You know, it's kind of cool to have it. Uh, one of his films be, you know, maybe your last appearance. I don't know. Uh, and then the other bummer news is that Alex Trebek announced, uh, I think, I believe it was last week, that he has been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. So uh, he returned to work recently to film the rest of the season. Here's Jeopardy, but his future beyond that is uh, in Jeopardy, I guess, which is we say no pun intended. So uh, our sure best wishes to him. You know, he thinks, 
no, there was no pun intended. That would just be uncouth. We're talking about a man's health here. Uncouth. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, his uh, his future with the show beyond that is a, is a little bit in question. Is that better for you? I mean, we're still talking about a quiz show, so anything I say there just doesn't <laughs> sound right. You know, not really. No. But he posted a video thanking his fans and everyone for all their support and our best wishes as well uh, go out to Alex Trebek. So, And then let's see. The next story in the blurbs is probably one of the quickest turnarounds that I think we've ever had when we've talked about like a rumor in one episode. And then because in last in the last episode we recorded, we discussed the rumor, the possibility that the CW might uh, officially put an end to Arrow and or uh, Legends of Tomorrow. And since our last recording, it has been made official. Uh, I believe it was announced by Stephen Amell on social media and then confirmed by the CW. Uh, Arrow will end after a shortened 10-episode 8 eighth season next year on the CW. So basically they will come back and run it right up until the crossover crisis on infinite earths, uh, is set to take place. And that will be the end of the series. Um, which has obviously led to everyone who, who were, there are, were already rumors basically that, uh, the arrow might, um, die in the crisis on infinite earths crossover next season. So, um, more fuel to that fire, if you will, but, uh, it's official now, uh, and arrow will come to an end after only 10 episodes next season. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to gaming gaming news um so sean i know you said in the last episode you haven't been playing a whole bunch of pokemon go i have not touched it at all nope well how about a harry potter version for you nope that get you back in nope no okay Uh, nah uh so niantic labs is uh has released more information of about the harry potter uh, mobile game um, it's called Harry Potter Wizards Unite. It, I mean, it it looks kind of interesting, but we'll see. So, um, a blog post uh, from the developer says a calamity has befallen the wizarding world, cause, causing artifacts that spelled wrong creatures, people, and even memories to mysteriously appear in the Muggle world. Ah, oh, damn Muggles. Witches and wizards <laughs> from across the globe must come together to solve the mystery of the Calamity. They have that capitalized, so I assume that's the name of it. Uh, overcome the confounding chaotic magic that surrounds these foundables and return them to their rightful place, keeping them safe from muggle eyes. Protect the muggles from themselves. That's how it always starts. <laughs> right. Um so, again, uh, Harry Potter Wizards Unite is from Niantic Labs, who is uh, Pokemon Go, uh, Ingress, that kind of stuff. Uh, they're working with Warner Brothers. Uh, it's augmented reality. So, you know, it, you look like a goofus playing a game with your phone pointed at, in front of you. Uh, I turn that off on Pokemon because I don't want to look like a goofus, but that's okay. Um, no official release date right now. 
Uh, they're saying first half of 2019. Uh, that's kind of coming up a little quick here. So, basically, you're it's location-based. You're going around. You're trying to find um, these foundables. It says, uh, <laughs> as you step outside and explore the world, the map will reveal traces of magic. Ooh, highlighting the location of magic foundables. While these traces can be found all around you, certain foundables may be more likely to appear in various types of real-world locations, including parks, banks, municipal buildings, college banks? campuses, yeah, libraries, monuments, zoos, <laughs> art galleries, and more. Basically, pokey stops. <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay, banks are not banks are not pokey stops. I've seen a couple banks that are pokey stops. I, I, mean, I think I it's anywhere think... that people gather. Yeah, but I don't think banks tend to be i mean again i have not played in like two months so you know it's quickly fading from my memory uh uh more like three months actually wow but um but yeah dude i don't recall like a bunch of like like churches and parks yeah, churches, and schools definitely. and things like that but like banks and i think they're that's gonna that's gonna end badly quickly <laughs> like that's i mean they should know already i mean there there are a lot of complaints still to this day in regards to the pokemon the pokey stops you know yeah. uh businesses don't want to be associated with it. they don't like the the traffic and things like that like mm, i don't know that's a bad banks that's a bad idea <laughs> like burst through the doors and be like i'm here for your foundables right exactly <laughs> it's, somebody no, hits a silent alarm that's not a good idea he said he was going to cast livio saw on me and Oh, man. Anyway, so uh, let's see here. Um, they're saying, you know, finding foundables is basically akin to how you found Pokemon in Pokemon Go. I believe it. It's basically a reskin of the game. Sure. Likely. Um, cast a variety of spells to overcome the confoundable uh, magic. Keep the magic. Catch a Pokemon. Yeah. Keep the magical foundable safe and send them back to the wizarding world. Transfer. Transfer it. <laughs> <laughs> By returning foundables, you'll earn unique rewards that can be tracked in, <laughs> can be tracked in the game registry. <laughs> um, so let's see here. As you cast spells, you'll consume spell energy. Uh, it says be uh, sure to regularly stop. Stardust. Yep. Be sure to regularly stop by inns. Pokestops. <laughs> <laughs> found at muggle locations around the world to collect food and drinks that replenish your spell energy. Um, potions. Probably. Or, or is, yeah, like what were they, isn't that what they are in Pokemon? Aren't yeah. they just potions? Well, actually, they put it here as uh, Pokeballs. So this oh. is from Imor, and it says, it seems to me that you'll refill your spell energy a lot like you refill Pokeballs. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, so that makes sense. Because there are potions, Sean. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, it allows you to find different potions you can take, which are basically like incense, I would assume. Uh, let's see here. Niantic, this is interesting. Niantic promised there would be multiplayer aspects to Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Um, fortresses, they're called fortresses. Uh, they are hosts to wizarding challenges. Real-time multiplayer battles against dangerous foes, including Death Eaters and soul-sucking Dementors. Um, let's see here. Yeah, you basically work with friends. It's gyms. But sounds kind of fun. Um, let's see here. 
you can uh there are there are different things called uh, I'm gonna butcher this word no portmanteus uh sounds good enough yeah probably they reveal port keys that whisk you away to iconic Wizarding World locations basically AR locations that you can explore using your phone in 360 yeah. so I had at the bottom of the page that I got in the show notes you can go down and request updates for the game I mean it's Pokemon Go Harry Potter edition. Yeah. Well, it's it's actually it's what it's po- Pokemon Go Harry Potter edition, uh, Ingress edition. <laughs> Ingress came first, and then right. Pokemon Go was a reskin of that. So, but you know what? Damn it! If you've got a formula that works, stick with it. I guess I'll give it a See shot. Ya. I keep thinking like these whole augmented reality games, you know, like Pokemon Go was obviously a big success. And now they keep coming up with all these different, you know, ideas for it. Like why hasn't the uh, like the Walking Dead gotten involved in this? Like there should be like an augmented reality zombie game. And instead of like being forced to go out and look for stuff, I should like, you know, want to hunker down and not go anywhere. And then uh, but then like, you know, augmented reality zombies could be sent after me and then you have to flee, you know, <laughs> like instead of going to seek out pokey stops every once in a while, people just have to flee from places. <laughs> Um, it's called The Walking Dead Our World. <laughs> really? It's and it's an augmented reality game? Yeah, I believe so. Let me find it here. Yes, it is. Oh, see now I'm intrigued. Um The Walking Dead Our World is the official <clears throat> mobile game of AMC's The Walking Dead. This is a first of a kind location based augmented reality game. No, it's not. That immerses you <laughs> in the zombie apocalypse. Defend your surroundings by fighting walkers on the streets in the park on your sofa, wherever you are and whenever you feel like it. Hmm. Yeah, so it must be really. It must. It must be bad, right? Like, how long has it been out? Just say anything on there, like wherever you're looking. Um, read more here. I haven't heard. I mean, honestly, I don't play. You know, much stuff like this. No, but the uh, you know, it you, says remember, aim for the head. You'd think we would have heard about something like that, you know? Yeah. Okay. Updated. Last updated. It doesn't tell me a release date, but last updated was uh, four days ago. Uh, over a million installs. It is on Android, hmm. and it is just over four stars out of 74,000 reviews. That's not bad. Not bad. Not bad. So, yeah, Walking Dead, our world. Try yeah. that out. I don't have an Android device right now. Let me know. Okay. <clears throat> have, you, uh, have you been wondering, Sean? I know you probably have been. Uh, what the future of gaming is? Oh, all the time. It keeps me up at night. Yep, I figured as much. So <clears throat> this is this was more as you of can a see by the fact that I just came up with an idea that someone had already come up with, <laughs> created, and distributed well, <laughs> to a billion on. people. Yeah. I'm really ahead of the times. You're on it. Always thinking about the future. <laughs> uh, so this is almost more of a blurb than anything, but. Uh, March 19th, Google has announced an event where they say they were going to uh, unveil Google's vision for the future of gaming. Eh. It's kind of interesting to think what they could be coming up with, because if you remember... I mean, are they are they joining the console wars? That's what I'm wondering. Or is it going to be a streaming service? 
because those are popular right now. Uh, you know, where you buy, you either have uh, an app on your Chromecast, right, like or that Steam or whatever it is. Yeah, or you, um, you know, you. I, I, I'm not honestly sure. I mean, the streaming service seems much more likely from Google uh, that they would have like a box and then a streaming service to go with it, maybe. But I don't know. It would uh, it'd be interesting to find out uh, March 19th. So it's only one day after this episode will be live. Um, but you got to figure they're <laughs> going up against a lot of competition in this space right now. Yeah. I mean, but you would think if there's any company that could just jump in and compete in, in, in something like a, like, a, like, a, like the console wars, you know, uh, I think it's Google, you yeah, know. I think so, too. This, which is why I'm thinking it's a uh, uh, the streaming service, basically. So the 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 name that we're that we're getting thrown around here is Project Stream. So to me, it just it's I don't know if there will but be a that's box something that's with already. It. Been a- but see, that that I mean, the way I'm reading this is that that's something that was already announced. Is that they were teaming up with Ubisoft on on Project Stream, and that this will be you know potentially something new. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It that's kind of the way I'm reading it, you know. Let me uh, do a quick search here. Because, I mean, the very beginning of the article says, ever since Google announced Project Stream in partnership with Ubisoft, gamers everywhere have been clamoring to learn more about the company's gaming ambitions. Today, Google announced that it yeah, would reveal what yeah, it is yeah. the future of gaming. So I'm considering them to be like two different things. Okay. And that this is a brand new announcement, you know? So that's why I'm thinking, oh, maybe it is something, you know, console-based because obviously Project Stream has got to be well, some type of streaming service, you know? Yeah, and it looks like Project Stream... Uh, let's see here. Uh, it was allowing players to play AAA titles at 1080p, 60 frames per second, with nothing but a browser and a fast internet connection. Right. So they had a beta test for a couple weeks in January and February, and then that was it. It was like one game. I bet you that this is just going to be the continuation of Project Stream. Yeah. I mean, it says there are a lot of rumors. Uh, for example, the company may only announce its streaming service and a launch date. And then, you know, it goes on to say that there are more, you know, rumors about specific sure. hardware and stuff like that. So, uh, <clears throat> it'd be interesting if, uh, you could play AAA titles, 1080p, 60 frames per second on Chromebooks. And then they just, <clears throat> kind of segue Chromebooks and Chromeboxes as their gaming consoles. <laughs> and then you I would it. like to I would like to see them just come out with a straight up console, you know, to compete with the Xbox and the and the PlayStation. You know, like announce that they're gonna, you know, be one of the next gen consoles. Yeah. But it has to have some kind of a service with it because if they if they come out with a next gen console it's, I don't know about the logistics of having games coded for that console, you know? Um, there'll have to be a service with it, because <clears throat> if you have it be a PC gaming type of a deal, you know, people are not going to want to... The people who want consoles, 
just want to put a disc in and play. They don't want to have to go through installing anything. Sure. And Steam, uh, Epic, Origin, Uplay, all these services make that installation one or two button clicks. So Google has to have a service like that to back up the console to where you can basically say, I want this game, I pay Google for it, and now it's just on my console. Just like Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, that kind of stuff. Sure. So, well, I mean, don't they already? I mean, I mean, couldn't they adapt the Google Play Store or whatnot for something like that? Could. You know? Yeah, they probably could. So. Hmm. Interesting. Can't wait to find out. Uh, yeah, I'm a big Google fanboy, so I'm intrigued by the future of gaming. The future of gaming. <laughs> okay. Well, how about the future of No Man's Sky? Yeah, I don't even know like what that, that is. Okay, I figured as much. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure we've talked about this game before. Yes, and when have. you mentioned it before, I said, I don't know what that is. Yeah, every time, pretty much. So, <laughs> no Man's Sky is a universal exploration game. Uh, first person, I believe it has a third person mode, I'm, I'm <clears throat> pretty sure. Uh, I think I vaguely recall you explaining this before. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a procedurally generated giant, you know, millions upon millions upon millions, maybe even billions of worlds and little star systems that you can explore. It's pretty much, you know, just a ridiculously large game. And when it was originally announced, it was supposed to be this crazy, awesome multiplayer experience where you and your friends could meet up at the center of the Milky Way galaxy and then jaunt off to wherever. Uh, it, it's not that. Um, however, <laughs> <laughs> and they caught a lot of flack for it not being that. But they have been adding a bunch of updates to make it better and better and better. And to their credit, these updates are actually really good. So now we have an announcement of a new update to No Man's Sky. And it is called No Man's Sky Beyond. Um, so one of the big things that it's bringing, there's uh, several different little things that it's adding. But the big one, the Mamma Jamma, is No Man's Sky Online. So, Hello Games, the developer, has described it as a new social and multiplayer experience that allows players across the in-game universe to meet and play together. Uh, it'll be free for anyone who has the game. Uh, no microtransactions. Uh, no subscription fee. It's just, if you have the game, you can play. Which is fantastic. Um, so... I'm I'm pretty excited about a multiplayer No Man's Sky because No Man's Sky is one of those games that it is so big that it kind of gets lonely. You know, I mean, just surviving and mining things and building stuff, but it just yeah. so I haven't played No Man's Sky since the last update. I'm trying to remember what it was called. But uh, being that it's online, I might give it a shot. I just hope that there is the possibility to turn online off. Because that is one issue I have with a lot of the large multiplayer games. Is that sometimes, there are times, when I don't want to deal with anyone. And I'd rather just be offline. Fallout 76, I'm looking at you right in the eyeballs. <laughs> so... Hey, we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. 
Maybe Sean will pick it up and start playing it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I can definitively answer that right now. That's awesome. All right. So No Man's Sky Beyond uh, is available, quote, this summer. So if you have the game, go ahead and uh, pick it back up. Maybe get back into the swing of things and wait for your update. <clears throat> This one, this is not so much news as much as it is a question I have. So, this comes from The Verge, and it says, Microsoft now lets you stream PC games to an Xbox One and use a controller. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, okay. So, it uses Microsoft's wireless display app and lets you, you know, basically stream your PC games to your Xbox and play them from your Xbox on a controller. My question is, but why? (laughs) Okay, and the very first thing that pops into my head, because the only reason I think this is intriguing to me is, and let me ask you this, is does this now allow me to get around, like, the exclusivity of certain titles on Sony PlayStation? Like, are those games, are, 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 like, PlayStation exclusives also available on PC? And if so, does this allow me to now play those on, essentially, my Xbox? Not really, no. Um, yeah. Most PlayStation exclusives are just PlayStation exclusives. You can't and, get them for, the, for PC either, huh? No, not really. There's hmm. a lot of games on PlayStation that just will never come to PC. Well, I'm sure, as I've said before, you know, and you, and you I'm, as you'll remember, you know, my complaint has always been with the baseball games. You know, there is there has not been a, uh, you know, like a Major League Baseball licensed game on Xbox for for several years now because of an exclusivity deal with PlayStation and uh, Xbox recently got RBI Baseball, and we talked about it on the podcast because I bought it like a year ago because it was the first game on Xbox with real baseball players and l- real rosters and things like that in quite some time, and uh, and it's not good you know it's it's an arcade game essentially you know it was only a 1999 purchase it wasn't like a a full-blown simulated sports game like a madden or whatever and uh, mlb the show on playstation is a phenomenal game uh even back when i had a playstation when i was you know before i became an xbox uh owner um I played MLB the show on my PlayStation two back then. And it was, it was fantastic game. Um, so I wonder if there are, uh, maybe if I'll have to look and see if there are other baseball games outside of MLB, the show, maybe that are on PC that I could play by using this streaming app or whatever. Cause RBI baseball is just not there. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not a huge sports game fan, but uh, the show is pretty good on the PlayStation 4. So. Yeah. Other than that, I'm not really sure. I mean, maybe there are just certain games that you would rather own the P, or you would rather you would rather run from a PC and street. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. I never play PC games, so. See, my my question was, I mean, if you're so an Xbox One controller. Especially if you have the newer ones, um, and I say newer, but really, truly, it's like a year after the original console released, uh, they have Bluetooth, so they connect to most PCs now. Sure. So playing a PC game with an Xbox controller is a normal, everyday thing. I have 
One. Day. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's even been like that for a while. I'm, yeah. uh, we've talked about this before on here. You know, uh, the laptop that I'm recording on right now, this old laptop. Uh, when I got it, it had the original Borderlands on it, and so I've only ever played the PC version of the original Borderlands. But when I played it, I played it on this Windows laptop that I used an HDMI cable plugged into my television, and then I used one of the old 360 controllers you know, to plug into the laptop through the, through the USB port. So I essentially played it on an Xbox, you know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, but even back then that's what I, you know, the only time I've really ever played a PC game, I played it like that. So I get the appeal, but if you already own an Xbox, uh, I mean, I, I was an odd situation, you know what I mean? Like very, and I guess maybe that's what this could be helpful for is that if you just already own it in on the PC and you don't want to have to purchase it, for your console, maybe something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, that's about the only way I can think of it, because like I said, if you want to play the PC game with a controller, that's easy. If you want to play the PC game on your big screen TV, that's pretty easy too, really, because Steam has big screen, you know, uh, I, for, I think it's called big screen, actually, uh, which is a controller-based version of the Steam UI to where you can control it with a controller instead of a keyboard and mouse. Um, this does not support keyboard and mouse input on the Xbox. So if you want keyboard and mouse, you got to stick with your PC. So like you said, I think the only reason this makes sense at all is if you have a PC game that you can't get on Xbox that you want to play on your big screen and you can't run a cable from your computer to your big screen. That's, right. that's the only way I see this making any sense whatsoever. Um, I mean, I'm all for new features, and you never know. The use case might pop up where this is useful to me, but as of right now, I'm not I'm not sure because I have I have my uh my gaming TV that I use all my game consoles connected to. I actually have an HDMI cable running from it to my computer in my office. So <clears throat> if I want to play on the big screen, I just turn forty five degrees and play on the big screen and change the input right yeah 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 but i you know i guess i mean i understand most a lot of people don't have a setup you know yeah no i mean because i have rooms and i have this crappy laptop you know down here in my family room where i'm recording like with my entertainment center and my game consoles but, you know, my office computer, my home computer, my PC is is upstairs, you know, in a bed in a, in, a, in a bedroom in an office. So, you know, I mean, I it, I could I, I wouldn't be able to run an HDMI cable, you know, downstairs, you know, through the walls to, to the family room. Um, so just for logistics purposes, like I could see how it could be useful for me, but I just don't know. Again, back to the like, well why do you really need it i guess yeah yeah but hey like i said i'll take any features people are willing to give me i guess so from xbox streaming to steam streaming uh i have let's see if it's in my drawer here i'll get in the magical drawer of crap that is from days gone by yep there it is (sighs) all right so, Steam Link. This was a uh, it was a little box put out by Valve that is very dense little box. Now that I'm picking it up again, basically it allows you to stream 
Steam games from one place in your house to the other. So you would have a big, massive gaming PC with all the bells and whistles, you know, in your office, for instance. And then you take the Steam Link box, you plug it into your network hardwired and put it on your TV in the living room. I mean, isn't this essentially the exact same thing we were just talking about? The exact same thing, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> just want to make sure I wasn't misunderstanding that in some no. way. Like, these are the same things, they, right? They are the exact same idea, yes. Uh, so, this works with Steam and basically allows you to stream games from your gaming PC to somewhere else in your home. Steam has always really had in-home streaming for computer to computer. So if you run Steam on one computer, you can stream a game from a different computer to that computer. Uh, this basically just make, makes it to where you can do it without a computer. This is... It was not awesome. Uh, they, were, they were relatively expensive for what they felt like they were. They were about 50 bucks uh, full price. I got mine on a, like a Black Friday deal for like $10. For that, I tried it out. It there was just enough lag to make to be noticeable. So I don't. I haven't tried it since then. It might have improved. I'm not sure. Um, but Steam has now announced a beta program for the Steam Link hardware, especially uh, that will basically allow you to stream not only games inside your home, but also um, anywhere. So it's called a Stream Link Anywhere, or Steam Link Anywhere, sorry. Um, and basically, it's allowing you to stream over the internet. So you can stream, you know, you can take your Steam Link or your other computer to a friend's house and play games from your gaming PC at your home on the PC you have with you. Hmm. Yeah, it even says to an Android device or Android TV. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, now, my question is, how much bandwidth are you going to need for this? Because, holy crap. Right. I, I mean, wow. Because the Steam Link, the little box, when I plug it into my home network, I don't remember. I want to say it's 10-100 networking, so it's 100 megabits. I don't remember for sure. It might be gigabit, but I don't know. Uh, however, inside my own home network, and I am a network freak, so my network is pretty efficient. Inside my own home network, I noticed lag on a wired connection. So what is it going to be like going to a friend's house and using their 5 or 10 megabits per second upload? And, you know, since your PC at home is uploading, it's limited by your upload speed, which might be 5 or 10 megabits I mean, is that going to be enough? I don't know if it will be. It, it just seems seems like it's almost born to fail simply because the broadband in America sucks so bad. <laughs> I can get behind that. I don't have enough knowledge of any of this stuff to even formulate an opinion, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that sounds right. <laughs> seems legit. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm totally into this idea. I want this badly. Uh, just by the fact that you could technically have. See, I'm I'm weird in that I want to locate almost everything I can inside of my server rack in my basement, and have very little devices outside of it. 
So I have often contemplated building a gaming PC and putting it in a rack mount case in that in my basement and then running cables that were necessary, you know, like either fiber optics or something like that, that would allow me to have my PC basically at my desk be a keyboard, monitor, mouse, controller, and that's it. Everything else is in the basement. So if I could do a, a Steam Link type thing on my living room computer or my living room TV and then have my computer down in the basement uh, just plugged into the network and have it be zero lag, I would be happy. You make it to where I can do that same thing and then take my Surface tablet somewhere and play a full-fledged AAA game on that thing and make it look as good as it does on my desktop computer at home, you you got me. Shut up and take my money. That's going to be pretty cool. So <clears throat> I'm skeptical because of internet speed, but I'm very hopeful. So, All right. That is all I got for gaming news today. Actually, more gaming news than we usually have. Yeah. So um, we're going to go ahead and move on. I have to tell you something, Trevor. It's time for TV news. And Sean, this one's all you, buddy. Oh, yeah. Not a whole lot of in-depth stuff to talk about this week. Uh, but uh, a few things that we can touch on. And the first one being HBO has announced the uh, final, well, as we all knew, the final season of Game of Thrones was debuting soon. And uh, the big announcement recently was the exact days and running lengths of of the episodes because that had been a big question uh previously um one of the hbo execs at one point had mentioned you know the movies being almost like six mini or the, like the episodes being six mini movies um and and that got you know people into a tizzy thinking they were going to be getting two hour long episodes and whatnot <clears throat> which they're not so uh episode one season eight uh will debut on sunday april 14th and will run 54 minutes uh, episode two will be 58 minutes episode. This is when it's, this is when it starts to pick up here though, is that episode three is going to run an hour and 22 minutes, episode four, an hour and 18 minutes, episode five, an hour and 20 minutes and episode six, which is slated to be the finale on Sunday, May 19th will also, uh, run an hour and 20 minutes. So those final two both have the exact same runtime. And uh, if you could stop playing ads in the background while I'm talking, it, you know, might, it might help things a little bit. You know, it's weird. My volume's <laughs> muted. <laughs> I have two monitors with speakers. It's playing out of the other one. I can't control it. <laughs> so, it's your uh, dumbass article from EW. As the uh, as the article from EW points out, uh, the two run times of an hour and 20 minutes for both of the last episodes is a little suspicious. So it might mean that those those episodes are are not um, under their final cut. So that that might change. But that's just suspicion. So uh, at least the last four episodes, it looks like we're going to get, you know, uh, an hour and 20 minutes about uh, in each episode to bring the series 
series to a conclusion, which which is impressive. There's no there's no need for two hour episodes. Uh, I believe they say in this article, if you were going to do two hour episodes, they would have just broken them up into individual episodes, you know. Um, so they were always going to be in between, you know, one full and two full episodes. So. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Game of Thrones is, you know, one of my favorite shows, I think. So uh, there's a lot of shows that we still watch that should go off the air. And uh, and and this is one that we've been waiting on the finale for a while and and uh, kind of sad to see this one go. So that's a great way to keep shape. All right. Um, I'll have to take your word for it since I can't open your freaking article without blasting myself across the room. I I would like some. Uh, what, what was the show? Oh, uh, I'd like some Sherlock esque time for uh, American TV shows because honestly, any uh, any time I can watch an hour and a half of TV at one time without big interruptions and get a full storyline, I'm right. down because I'm much more of a movie guy than a TV guy. So I mean, I'll, I'll take what I can get though. Um, it'll be interesting to see how I'm more interested in how they end the freaking thing because I've got yeah. so many theories. <laughs> right. Right. There's so many things flipped out there. So yeah, it will be interesting to see, you know, who was right. So, uh, the next story we've got for you and the first of two somewhat similar stories like this in today's, uh, in today's podcast is that the National Geographic Channel has completed its investigations into Cosmos and Star Talk host Neil deGrasse Tyson, and they've announced that they will be moving forward with both shows, uh, and they will not elaborate further on their findings. So... Um, Star Talk will return to the air with the remaining 13 episodes in April on the National Geographic channel, uh, and both Fox and National Geographic's uh, National Geographic are committed to finding an air date for Cosmos, which uh, has not been announced yet. So, you know, they had originally scheduled Cosmos to premiere on Sunday, March 3rd, and obviously that has come and gone. So, uh, We'll look forward to seeing that show back on the air. I mean, I, I, this is a this is just like the the story we'll talk about later in the movie category. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I like Neil deGrasse Tyson, and and I like Cosmos and everything else. I like the podcast Star Talk, Star Talk Radio. Um, you know, and I, and I hope that the investigation found that he that there was no wrongdoings, and you know that uh, that he deserved stuff back on the air i just hope that it wasn't something that was like brushed under the rug or anything like that you know what i mean like uh yeah because that stuff will come back on you right right and this isn't the first time he's been he's been accused of something so you know i i i I don't know how to feel exactly uh i'm happy that his stuff has come back out but if he has done something wrong then you know i feel like he definitely needs to be punished so I'm sure, or I would hope that if uh, you know there were any true wrongdoings or whatnot, that that will eventually come out and uh, and and justice will be served. But for now, we have to give him the benefit of the doubt, I guess, uh, and you know, innocent until proven guilty, kind of a thing. And uh, look forward to the new uh, season of Cosmos, which you know I've I've and en- I enjoyed when they aired the first one on Fox. Oh yeah, I love that show. 
All right. And the next story is about stars. And as we've discussed several on several occasions over the podcast in the last couple of years, uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods, uh, the stars series television of that book has been just plagued with uh, uh, issues since since creation essentially and it's it's first season uh it had um two particular showrunners and then they left and then the second season um let's see i believe it was ricky whittle and ian or those are the characters ricky are the actors ricky whittle and ian mcshane um i'm trying to find the names of the guys who were the showrunners prior to this Uh, Brian Fuller and Michael Green. So the, yeah, yeah. Brian Fuller and Michael Green were the showrunners for the first season, and then after dust ups with Money Men, as Deadline puts it, <laughs> uh, Fuller and Green exited stage left, and Jesse Alexander was brought in for as the showrunner for season two. Who and, and he worked closely with Neil Gaiman, and I believe we had talked about this when it happened because Neil Gaiman was not too keen on being showrunner, uh, and so that's why uh, Jesse Alexander was brought in to work with him to to run run season two of the show <clears throat> well now stars only after after only a week uh, of season two being on the air or after a week of its debut uh, they have officially announced season three of the show uh, has been greenlit and that a third showrunner has been hired uh, to take care of season three and that will be charles chick egley uh and he apparently has previously worked on shows such as the walking dead um so i don't know much about him i'm not uh i'm not familiar with him but neil gaiman seems to be behind him uh he's uh taken to social media to profess his uh, approval of the of the hiring so if neil gaiman's on board then i'm on board you know it's his work so he's still executive producer and you know he has a lot of pull behind it all so uh i'm 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 hopeful that the thing doesn't go completely off the rails um you know i was concerned about season two uh and i just watched the premiere episode of season two about two days ago i believe it was pretty good uh i i still i still like the show it's still uh it's still a pretty good adaptation of the story so um hopefully things don't go off the rails here with season three and and yet another showrunner Yeah, I I am still behind. I haven't been able to watch the uh, premiere of season two, so don't tell me anything about it. <laughs> but I I need more of the show just in general. The first season was so good. All right. And the next story we've got here is about AMC. Uh, did you ever watch the television show Orphan Black? I did not. I did not either, so I'm not too familiar with it, but I caught the name, and I knew that it had been like a, a sci-fi show, and apparently it had been uh, on, on American television on the BBC America, and uh, Orphan Black was co-created by John Fawcett and Gray Manson, and it launched in 2013, ran for five seasons, and it starred Tatiana Maslany as a woman who discovers that she is a clone and that someone is plotting to kill her and her clone sisters. Uh, 
So I, again, am not too familiar with it, but it had a pretty good following, obviously, if it ran for five years. And uh, as this Variety article uh, explains, the people at AMC have decided to develop a new series set in the orphan black universe. And I'm always a fan of, you know, places or people, uh, uh, expanding upon the universes, you know, like I like the Arrowverse and the Marvel's verse and, and the DC verse, even though it's shitty. Uh, and, and so I just, I like all of these little mini universes that, you know, these different, uh, you know, creators of content have set up. So I thought this was kind of cool story. It's a little odd that it's going to AMC as opposed to BBC America. I think they talk about that in the article. But uh, if you're a fan of Orphan Black, then uh, there's a new series in development at AMC. Um, No details whatsoever uh, regarding the series, I believe. Um, Yeah, they have literally come up with nothing other than the idea of setting another series in this universe. It's not going to be a reboot or a retelling of the previous story, anything like that. It's not a spinoff or anything. They just want to tell a new story in the same universe. And it says right here that the they're um, they're searching for writers, uh, the, uh, seeking a writer for the project, and looking to bring in multiple people to pitch different takes on what the show could be. So they literally don't have any kind of plot behind this whatsoever, other than oh, we just like this universe. Uh, and so AMC has de- decided to develop something new in that universe of Orphan Black. So I think that's kind of cool. You know, if we hear more about it, if I I read more about it, I will provide details. But again, I just think it's kind of neat anytime they're expanding upon any type of sci-fi, you know, universe like that. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff because, you know, for people who have seen the originals or seen other things in that universe, you know, you get those little hints during the show and it kind of adds to it. Um one that I always enjoyed sure. uh, immensely was the crossovers between the uh, Warehouse 13 universe and Eureka. When they would have people sure. from different sure. shows. Yeah, that show was a good one. I love that crap. That's yep. just fantastic. So anytime. Yeah. I mean, they even do stuff like that on 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 certain sitcoms. Like the um, NBC has the sitcom Superstore, and that takes place in Cloud Nine which is the name of the store and cloud nine has also appeared on other NBA television shows. Uh, I believe it was in the Mindy project, uh, things like that. You know, it's anytime it, it's like you said, it's like an Easter egg for the fans, you know, uh, and, and developing a show like this, that just strictly just takes place in the universe after the show that, that, uh, uh, created it all is no longer even on the air, just kind of gives, uh, validity to the fan base you know it just shows that like if you're loyal then you know you'll get more you know uh kind of like firefly getting a movie you know something like that sure so from expanding one uh universe to expanding you know probably the largest cinematic universe that we have right now and that's the marvel cinematic universe and uh i think i really like this announcement which is why i kind of saved it for the last <clears throat> and that is uh marvel studios has it has been um reported that marvel studios is developing a what if animated series for the new Disney Plus streaming service. So for anyone who's not familiar with the What If 
line of comics. Uh, they're a line of comics that are not canon. They basically take place in the Marvel in the Marvel universe, but they're all alternate universes where certain integral events did not occur. And so, you know, interesting questions are asked, like, you know, what if Loki had the Thor of or had had Thor's hammer instead of Thor, or what if Captain America hadn't vanished during World War Two? And then they tell you the story, you know, of of how the history would have played out if Captain America hadn't vanished during World War Two, and uh, Marvel has decided to develop an animated version of this series for the Disney Plus streaming service. And I believe in this article they they talk about how you know one of the ideas is to have you know the cinematic people reprise their roles, uh, you know, doing the voices of these characters when they tell the stories of you know what would have happened if. Oh, uh, you know, if Spider-Man didn't become a crime fighter or what if Thanos joined the Avengers and things like that? I mean, all all fun. And and these are all just questions that I believe actually came from original comics in the line. And you can imagine the possibilities in a series such as this, you know, literally your imagination is, is, is the, is the limit, you know? So, uh, uh, I think this is a a really cool idea and I know this is a really popular comic book line, um, you know, for comic book aficionados because of all the fun, crazy stuff that they've done over the years in it. Yeah. That sounds like a really cool idea. I like that. All right, that's all I've got for the television. Okay, well. Tech news. Oh, Sean, are you about due for a new car? No. Okay, me neither. Oh. <laughs> Especially well, not I, one I like love, this. Well, I mean, no, I don't know if, if this is what I think it is. This is like the uh, the modestly priced one, right? No, no. Oh, this isn't? No. Oh. Um, I mean, it's... I, I, I guess kind of, but it's not cheap. It's like it's more expensive than previous models. So uh, we're talking about the Tesla Model Y. Uh, it, it is a little bit more expensive than the Model 3, but that is because the Model Y is a crossover. So through the Tesla lineup, you have the Model X, which is or uh, not the Model X. Um, you have the you have the Roadster, obviously, is a sports car. You have the Model S which is the luxury car. You have the Model X, which is the SUV. The Model 3 is the, you know, sedan. Oh, yeah, that's um, the modestly priced one. Yeah, that's yeah, like the a family 3. car. Right. Um, now you have the Model Y, which is basically a smaller Model X. So it is a crossover. It's the middle point between the Model 3 and the uh, Model X. Okay. Um, let me see if I can. I think they start... It says uh, 47, yeah. I think is what it said it here. Be about 47. Let me. Tesla actually has a tour. You can price it on their website, which is kind of fun. Oh, it says while the Model yeah. 3, the Model 3 starts at 35. Yeah. That's for a single motor rear wheel drive. We'd be surprised oh. to see a rear drive Model Y. So perhaps it's safer. Yeah, perhaps it's safer to assume it'll be priced about 10% higher than the 47,000 Model 3 dual motor. So 10% higher than that would be about 51 is what yeah. they're estimating. So, and this article, this te- unfortunately, this article was technically before the actual announcement happened. 
So here are 100%. This is from Tesla's website. I am ordering one right now. Of course, I'm not going to hit the finish button, but <laughs> so select your car. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honey? <laughs> yeah, explain that one to your wife. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that'd work. Uh, all right. So the Model Y, I'm looking at it right now, four-door, looks nice. Looks, I mean, it looks gorgeous in black, that's for sure. Uh, real wheel drive. So this is with absolutely no extras, just the absolute base model. 42700 is what they're saying. Now, they do say this as uh, after savings and before savings. I don't know what they mean by that. I don't know what the savings yeah, is. Whatever. So anyway, we're, we're going to go off of the one after savings because it's a lower number. <laughs> That's also if you pay cash, by the way. So I'm rolling up and dropping 50s out the window. Um, if you want to go with the dual motor all-wheel drive, you have two options. So the first one was real-wheel drive only, made for long range. That has a 300-mile uh, range, <clears throat> top speed of 130 miles an hour, 0 to 60 in 5.5 seconds. Way faster than anyone deserves to be going. <laughs> um, if you want the dual motor, that's all-wheel drive, has two motors uh, for front and back, long-range option, it cuts your range down to 280 miles, uh, jumps you up to 135 mile an hour top speed, and gets you to 0 to 60 in 4.8 seconds. Or you can go for the performance dual motor uh, option. You still keep the 280 mile range. You jump up to 150 miles an hour top speed and 3.5 seconds 0 to 60 time. Uh, you also get the performance wheels, 20-inch performance wheels. You get performance brakes, carbon fiber spoiler, lowered suspension, aluminum alloy pedal, because you need a fancy gas pedal to go fast, and what they call track mode, <clears throat> which is probably performance mode, basically. Um, so you know what? To hell. We'll just go ahead and we'll we'll do performance mode, because me like it go fast. And um, blue, you want deep blue metallic, or do you want red multi-coat? Because you got black, gray, blue, white, and red. That's a decent selection of colors. Right? Uh, yeah. And I mean, they do add a little bit on, so the black is included. Uh, silver jumps you up 1500 bucks. Blue, 1500 bucks. White is $2,000. Uh, 2500 for red. We're going red. Why not? Uh, the performance wheels are included with the performance package. Oh, black or white interior, Sean? I think I want white. The white interior? Uh, you're just asking for troubles. I know, but this is this is not this is not a realistic car, so I don't care, and I want white. Uh, all right. So let's see. Interior layout: five seat interior, which is your standard three people in the back, two people in the front, or the seven seat interior. I believe that has the, um, oh, like what's it called? Two the, extra seats in the back. Yeah, and they're facing the back, the back of the car. The back back. Yeah, the back back, the hatchback. Um, and those those are available in 2021. So the car itself is supposed to be uh, hitting production next year. Uh, but the, the seven-seat interior is 2021. So we're going to see how expensive we can make this car. Uh, autopilot. Got to have autopilot. Of course. Uh, full self-driving capability. 
Navigate on autopilot means automatic driving from highway on-ramp to off-ramp, including interchanges and overtaking slower cars. Auto park, both parallel and perpendicular spaces. Oh, hell yeah. Summon. Um, your car, your parked car will come find you anywhere in the parking lot. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> Recognize. That's like having kit. Yeah. Recognize and respond to traffic lights and stoplights. Automatic driving on city streets. So we want all of that. All of that. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> all right. Enter account details. Hold on there, Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to tell me how much it is before I have to enter my account details? <laughs> it's only $2,500 today. You think I could sell it on that? That's all you got to put down? Yeah. Uh, price es- after estimated savings. Oh, we'll go with purchase price. So purchase price excluding taxes and fees, $74,500. Price after I mean, savings, just about seventy grand. That's not bad. No. For now. like a top of the line, you know, uh, uh, self-driving uh, electric vehicle. That sounds like, you know, pretty decent right. actually. Okay. So now we're going to cut everything off of it. Except for we gotta have autopilot and full self driving. I'm sorry <laughs> that we you just have to. Right. Uh, in that case, now this one's not bad at all. Again, twenty five hundred down. Um, purchase price, excluding fees and taxes, fifty five thousand dollars. Not bad. Price after savings, about fifty one thousand. And it still looks damn nice. The wheels are a little weird looking, but there's a reason. It's like an aerodynamic thing. Um. But yeah, for 300 miles worth of range in a crossover-sized vehicle, I mean, that's... I mean, yeah, sure, I still want a $20,000 Tesla, but, you know, that's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> Electric cars are expensive to make. so. But yeah, this is... That's just cool. I It's really not what I would call news, but I love when Tesla releases new stuff because it just pisses so many people in the auto industry off uh yeah go ahead and uh put in your pre-order for the model y and uh get yourself on the road why not you know put it right next to your other five tesla vehicles all right so uh next on our list here apple music has come to amazon uh, Apple Music is going to be launching on the Amazon Fire TV as of this episode, which uh, the article is about three, four days old. So uh, it should be out as of you hearing this. Um, December, they had actually rolled out Apple Music to uh, Echo devices. So basically, it means that, you know, if you're... If you're... Uh, Apple subscriber, you have Apple devices. It makes life a little easier to where you don't have to subscribe to Apple Music and Spotify to have Spotify on your Echo devices and your Amazon TV and stuff. So I love when different companies put each other's crap on their devices. You know? Big surprise. Apple was making it hard to play their shit on somebody else's device. No. I would have never expected this to be an Apple thing. But alas, it was. All right, let's see here. 
Yeah, I mean, there's nothing nothing much more to it other than that. Uh, they are. Uh, Apple has announced a partnership with Samsung to bring iTunes stuff to uh, their smart TVs, um, and even have been in talks to do it through a dedicated app with makers like Vizio and LG to support AirPlay. Honestly, Apple, I don't see any reason to not allow AirPlay on as many things as possible. I know you want to sell Apple TVs, but is it you got to decide if you want to make your money off the hardware alone or if you want to make your money off of some of the hardware and all of the media, you know? Because if people can stream iTunes content anywhere, they're going to be more willing to buy iTunes content. So, we'll see. All right. Uh, Sean, that computer you're on right now. It's Windows, yep, yep. It's Windows 7, isn't it? Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that we're doing a slightly tech podcast and you're using a Windows 7 PC. Yeah, it's like a 10-year-old laptop. Yeah, it makes me feel all warm and... Uh, you know, warm and, warm and gooey inside. Um... So, Windows 7 is going to have DirectX 12 support. DirectX 12 is uh, one of the newest versions of DirectX, you know, for Windows 10 and exciting brand new technologies and brand new video cards and all that. And uh, it's going to be available on Windows 7 uh, for none other than World of Warcraft. If there was one game... (laughs) that could bring a brand new technology to a 10-year-old operating system, it's World of Warcraft. So, uh, have have you ever played World of Warcraft, by the way, Sean? I don't know if I've ever asked you that. Nope. That doesn't surprise me. Not at all. So, basically, DirectX 12 going on Windows 7 will allow World of Warcraft to play with much better performance than it was. Um, I don't, I mean, I understand why you would do this to help people and not make them replace machines, but wasn't the whole push to, I mean, Microsoft was pretty much knocking down my door to upgrade Windows 7 to Windows 10. I mean, they were just shy of like camping outside my window. Why? I don't understand why they are now starting to add features to Windows 7 um, in order to allow people to do stuff like this. Ah, it's just pressure from a company as big as Blizzard. Yeah, I guess. Meh. So, hey, if you play World of Warcraft and you're on Windows 7, expect some uh, performance bumps pretty soon. Um, also, what you can expect pretty soon is Windows 7 not getting any more support. <laughs> 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 so, um, we're going to give you this brand new feature, <laughs> and three months later, we're cutting off support. Yes. So um, next month, you're going to start getting notifications on your Windows 7 laptop, Sean. It says that it is at end of life and will no longer be supported by Microsoft. Womp womp. Um, so might be time to start looking at a Windows 10 upgrade, maybe. Um, they uh, So it says here, uh, operating system will sh- uh, show users a, quote, courtesy reminder uh, uh, that security updates will cease and that Windows 10 uh, and the hardware to run, uh, to run it 
exists. It's like, hey, you know, we got this thing called Windows 10. You know, you got Windows 7. This is three better. Why don't you use that? <laughs> Microsoft promises it'll only appear a handful of time during 2019. And there will be a do not notify me again checkbox. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things where companies that are using this can actually pay for extended support. But those of us who, well, I say us, I'm not using it, but those people who are using it as personal machines are going to want to switch and upgrade. Uh, it'll still work. It'll work just fine. It just won't get security updates. And security in this day and age is kind of important. I, I don't know if I would hang around on a, uh, um, you know, a, a, a non-supported operating system for very long. It seems kind of shady. Sketch as hell, I think, is what I would normally call it. So. All right. That is all I got for tech. And now time for movie news. <clears throat> All right. The only movie story we've got today is uh, what I had uh, referred to earlier in the show is similar to the Neil deGrasse Tyson story. And this one centers around James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. And as we all know, he had been fired back in July after old offensive tweets uh, had resurfaced. And his... So this one's a, this one is a little different because you know it's not that he was accused of any misconduct specifically like Neil deGrasse Tyson had been. Um, this is more of a situation where James Gunn had you know made some shitty jokes and uh, said some nasty stuff that probably shouldn't have said and uh, lost his job over it. So. Back then, he did receive a lot of support. Uh, the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy, Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Bradley Cooper, Dave Bautista all signed an open letter asking for him to be rehired. And um, quite some time later, uh, Disney has decided to go ahead and do that. So Marvel Studios and Disney have uh, placed James Gunn back in charge, and he uh, will take over once again as director of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Awesome. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think I I think I feel much better about this situation than say the Neil deGrasse Tyson one because there's still a lot of question in the in the Tyson situation whereas this one, you know, he wasn't accused of of physical, you know, wrongdoings or anything. It was just some stupid shit that he said in the past and you know, everybody says stupid shit and should have the opportunity to apologize for it and whatnot, you know. Um especially if making a joke or or whatever, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm sure I was much more harsh when Roseanne said her shit. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, but then again, I enjoyed Roseanne's show and probably wouldn't have uh, um, reacted too harshly if they had, you know, not killed her off immediately and, you know, brought her back eventually as well. You know what I mean? Uh, if she had like served her time and then they brought her back, I probably would have been okay with that, I think, as well. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, again, just like with the Neil deGrasse Tyson thing, you you hope it wasn't things that 
just gets swept under the rug for no reason. I mean, we know what he said. And as long as, I mean, I believe him when he says that, you know, it was, it was, it was young shit. You know, people make right. stupid decisions, say stupid things when they're young. Everybody does. It's just because y- young people suck. Right. Well, and it's and again, that's also the difference between like his situation and like the Roseanne situation, because they they they, you know, those were said uh, it recently. She had, you know, yeah, she had just said it, you know, uh, and and this was something where they, you know, were digging up something he had literally said 10 years prior, exactly. you know. Um. So, yeah, it's all different. I don't know. It, yeah. I'm, it's ugly, I, it's ugly situations that you know we're just we're just telling you what's going on you know I I don't know it's 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 a situation that I think everyone's opinion and opinion of should evolve as new information is sure. gleaned. As a side note, though, in the article you linked, I'm digging right, the right. glasses. <laughs> okay, I don't know why I love those glasses he's wearing. No, rock on. I'm going to have to find those glasses. <laughs> all right. That is all we got for a movie news. Um, was that? So we, we do this every once in a while for major holidays, especially Pornhub. <laughs> it is St. Patty's. To celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Oh, all right. Yeah. So it's what people search for during St. Patrick's Day for Pornhub. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna read a couple of these some of them get pretty raunchy uh i do try to keep the podcast while we don't watch our language i do try to keep it somewhat above the table uh so we'll see here leprechaun increase number one increases, right off the bat yeah increases 1200 percent exactly 1200 percent increase on searches for leprechaun um saint patrick's day obviously a thousand percent up shamrock irish irish anal irish cougar St. Patrick, Clover, uh, Celtic, Irish amateur, uh, Irish girl, Irish redhead, luck. I just want to search for luck on Pornhub <laughs> and see what happens. Green panties. <laughs> really? You get a little, get a little vague there. All right. So let's see here. Increase the searches for Irish on St. Patty's Day is a giant ass spike. So, no big surprise. So, uh, increase in misspelled searches for St. Patrick's Day. Because if you're misspelling, you must be drunk. Go home spelling. You're right. drunk. Um, lots of uh, increases in being not being able to spell hentai. Apparently, lesbian, massage, <laughs> ebony, milf. You know those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just love. I mean. I mean I don't now I'm gonna have to Google leprechaun porn, man. <laughs> the lucky charms. They're magically delicious. <laughs> so yeah, um if you're searching for the prawn on St. Patty's Day, you're probably searching for leprechauns. <laughs> Looking for their pot of gold. Alright. <clears throat> so now Next Flicks. Oh, you know, every time I tell myself, you're going to get this next flick thing ready before it starts, so you don't have to cram through and try to figure out what month and day and all that good stuff you're on. I never do. So we're going to go from March 5th. No, no, that was already, that already happened. See what I mean? There's a lot of movies came out March 15th. Holy crap. 
Uh, yeah, we missed, we missed stuff. Yeah, we did. But, you know, life happens. Uh, 22nd. So March 22nd, we're going to be looking at movie releases from the 22nd to about the 29th. <clears throat> so, first one. <clears throat> Us. Uh, Elizabeth Ross. Winston Duke. Uh, Joseph Evan. Accompanied by her husband, son, and daughter, Adel- Adelaide Wilson. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Adelaide. Adelaide, is that it? Whew. I don't know. I'm not looking at what a- you're looking Adela- at. Yep, it's Adelaide. There you go. Returns to the beachfront home where she grew up as a child. Haunted by a traumatic experience from the past, Adelaide grows increasingly concerned that something bad is going to happen to her family. Next. It's, this sounds lame. It's the new one from Jordan Peele. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll see I don't yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I had let it go on longer, but they weren't they weren't bringing me in with that uh with that write up there. No, it could be better. <clears throat> okay, where'd you go, Bernadette? <laughs> Kristen Wig, Kate Blanchett, Judy Greer, Billy Crudup, uh Lawrence Fishburne. Based on the runaway bestseller about Bernadette Fox, a Seattle woman who had it all, a loving husband, a brilliant daughter, uh, when she unexpectedly disappears, her family sets off on an exciting adventure to solve the mystery of where she might have gone. Wow. What? That's so confusing. <laughs> Is it a comedy? I'm. What did, it, did it say it was a drama? I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. And I don't like Kristen Wiig. I like Kristen Wiig. No. Um, I don't... Okay, comedy drama. Comedy. I next it, even though I don't have a chance anymore. Next. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Okay. Um, limited. Next. A bunch of them are all limited, but let's see if there's anything that looks interesting. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, nothing. Okay. So, now on to March 29th. Nothing in between. All right. Dumbo. Uh, Colin Farrell, Ava Green, Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton. Next. I don't even need to know. Really? Okay. Live action. Why do I, why do I give a shit about Dumbo? It's live action Dumbo. So I want to see a live-action children's movie about an elephant? Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Hotel Mumbai. Dave, uh, Dev Patel. Army Hammer. Love that dude's name, by the way. Teresa Palmer. Uh, see. Recounts the 2008 siege of the famed Taj Hotel by a group of terrorists in Mumbai, India. Among the dedicated hotel staff is the renowned chef... Next. Yeah. I don't need to know the individual staff members of the hotel. Tell me there's going to be lots of explosions and cool fights and whatever. Still doesn't sound like anything I would probably watch. Okay. Uh, this one's weird. doesn't have a poster. I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> the Translation of Wounds. Uh, it's Army Hammer. Really? Wow. wow. Dakota Johnson. Zazie Beats. Mm, Zazie Beats. Um. 
follows a New Orleans bartender whose life starts to unravel as a series of disturbing and inexplicable events happen after he picks up a phone left behind at his bar. Huh. I'm intrigued. Yeah. That's, huh. Interesting. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is Netflix only, but it looks interesting, so I think I need to read that one. All right. Okay. Uh, so it's only on ne- uh, Netflix. It's called The Highwaymen. Highway <clears throat> Liam Neeson, Woody Harrelson, Kevin Costner, Kathy Bates. Uh, see here. The Outlaws oh. Made Headlines. The Lawmen Made History. The Highwayman follows the untold true story of the legendary detective who brought down Bonnie and Clyde. Hmm. When the full force of the FBI and the latest forensic technology aren't enough to capture the nation's most notorious criminals, two former Texas Rangers, Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson, must rely on their gut instincts and old school skills to get the job done. Hmm. That sounds fun. It's interesting. It's a star-studded cast. Yeah, right? Man, I'll watch that. It's on Netflix. Why not? Yeah, maybe. Okay, that's uh, that's all we got for those. So, uh, Sean, the hell are you up to? I haven't filled mine in. Holy crap! You did not <laughs> fill yours in. Uh, I, on the other hand, have been uh, apparently watching a lot of animation. So, uh, about two weeks ago, I watched Into the Spider Verse, which I found to be incredibly enjoyable. Um. I liked it a lot. I know you've you've seen all these things that I'm going to talk about, right? Well, at least the um, first. The uh, no, I have only seen the middle one. Oh, you haven't seen Into the Spider Verse yet. I have it. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't had time. Yeah, I've been I've been slacking off a, a little bit. Oh, well, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think uh, it was very entertaining. I like uh, Peter Porker, you know, John Mulaney's uh, little cartoon version of Spider-Man. Uh, they they honestly, they sold me in the first couple minutes because they made fun of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and his dancing in Spider-Man <laughs> 3. So by, by making an in, by insulting that Spider-Man, they sold me in the first couple minutes. So, uh, I was, I was highly entertained. I really liked the Miles Morales, uh, version of Spider-Man. So, um, yeah, it, overall it was really cool. Uh, I thought it was a cool story and I liked the fact that they didn't, you know, spend a ton of time going through origin story and things like that. You know, uh, it was kind of just, uh, um, thrust at you, you know? So in addition to into the spider verse, I watched teen Titans go to the movies yesterday. Uh, I thought that one, and maybe it's only because I just watched it yesterday. So it's a little more fresh in my memory, but man, I really enjoyed that movie. Like I thought it was hilarious. There were, there were like just so many, uh, jokes that you could tell were, you know, for more for the adults than, than the children who'd be watching the movie, you know? Uh, but they, they made multiple Marvel references. I mean, Stan Lee has a, has a, has a cameo or at least, you know, a, an animated version of Stan Lee as a cameo in the film. Um, you know, I, I thought it was hilarious. What did you think? You said you saw that one. So I absolutely adored that movie. It was I was laughing out loud in the theater. Um, I love Teen Titans Go. To be honest, it's, yeah, it's a great cartoon. It's just so good. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I I've watched that movie several times since it came out. It's fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. So uh, lots of and and correct me if I'm wrong, but like in the movie, there is a scene where um, Robin, I think it was Robin, is at the Teen Titans, you know, headquarters and and it's being destroyed and I'm pretty certain that like as the as the as the headquarters is being destroyed, it is basically like a scene for scene remake of when Iron Man's house was destroyed in that one <laughs> Iron Man film. Yeah. And and like I'm pretty sure it was like almost the identical scene from when his house was destroyed and fell off the cliff and everything. And I was just like I was just cracking up. I was rolling. I was like, oh my gosh, they're like they they do such a good job at making fun of comic book stuff in a comic book movie, you know. And I love that tongue in cheek kind of humor. So it was great. Oh yeah. It's it's just fantastic. And then lastly, uh, another animated series that I watched last night uh, was a Netflix original called Love, Death, and Robots. And it is an animated sci-fi anthology series. So uh, episodes vary in length from, uh, I believe, like 18 minutes down to I think some of them were even only like five or six minutes long. Each one is a completely different story in a completely different style of animation, um, all with different actors uh, doing the voices and things like that. I thought it was really cool, you know, uh, just all the different animation styles, all the different stories. Some of them, it's all for adults only. Uh, it's Love, Death, and Robots is not animation for children. There is lots of uh, intense, gruesome violence, uh, lots of sex, nudity, and uh, and adult language. So um, it is an, it is an adults only cartoon, and and I, I there's not a whole lot of you know like pure adult sci fi animation like that out there you know other than anime which I'm not incredibly into, and uh, and and I thought a lot of this stuff was uh, was pretty fascinating. There were some interesting stories that they had come up with and things like that. So I would totally recommend it. You can binge watch the entire series pretty sh- quickly because uh, again the episodes aren't. Uh, you know, they only range from like 18 minutes down to five minutes or so. There's quite a few of them. I was surprised at how many they had in the first season. So, uh, but if you get a chance, definitely check that out on Netflix. Awesome. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm boring this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been so busy. Uh, I did buy the new D brand black camo skins for my laptop and my surface tablet. They are Awesome. Um, fantastic f- texture and the, the different camo patterns that are on there are basically just a different texture at a different angle so that when you move it in the light, the camo pattern changes. Um, I'm a huge fan of D brand skins. The robots over at D brand do an amazing job. Uh, if you, uh, if you're looking to protect devices without making them look horrible, D brand is pretty awesome. Um, because of so many laptops being made with aluminum on the top and bottom, I hate having like the aluminum back of my Surface Pro tablet scraping against the aluminum top of my X- my Dell XPS 15. So the D brand skins kind of put a little barrier in between. Something that you know, if it gets scratched, it's not a big deal. 
also, I've been using a software called Blue Iris on a server downstairs. I'm trying to upgrade my security camera setup at home. Um, that uh, basically it runs. It's security camera software that runs on Windows. Um, so I put it on a, a one U server downstairs, and it's pulling in and recording all the video from all my um, IP cameras around the house. So uh, it's cool software for I think it's fifty or sixty dollars, but um, you know you get support, you get easy connection from the outside world, uh, motion sensing. It's very granular, very cool. So if you guys are looking to set up your own security system, um, they do I think have a demo. You can download that and give it a shot. So, uh, last thing on my list, I've been trying a lot of new things. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, I, I recently, I forget which episode it was. It's only a couple episodes back. I talked about that. I had bought a Prusa i3 Mark three printer. I have the i3 Mark three S upgrade kit that Prusa sent me, but I have not installed it yet. Um, I've been trying Amazon basics, PLA filament to print with. Um, it's pretty cheap. It's like 20 bucks a roll. Uh, the colors are awesome. The texture on the roll is fantastic. And when you print things out with it, they're semi-matte, so it's it's not perfectly shiny, but it's it's a good texture. And it honestly, for 20 bucks a roll, it prints very well. And the spool is my favorite part. It's actually got cutouts on the side of the spool to show you approximately how much weight and how much length of filament you have left as the spool runs out, which is awesome. Most spools don't have that. You just kind of got to guess. So if you're a 3D printer, uh, you know, 3D printer owner, you might want to check out that Amazon basic stuff. A lot of colors. Um, they have a sample pack if you want to sample it. But honestly, for 20 bucks a roll, it's almost better just to buy a roll, try it out, and if you don't like it, you know, closet it. So like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm boring this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all we got for you on this episode, guys. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't have anything for you, Sean. You haven't had anything I know. silly for quite some time. I know. I, you know, it's not like it's not like I ever actually participated in your ridiculousness, anyway. So, yeah, I, you I should find a better way to end the show. I can't think of everything. Damn it, Sean. like a long list of things to have you do <laughs> i'll just start reading them off just like a random number generator <laughs> <laughs>